0: Now, who's ready to hear an inspirational intermittent fasting story? That's why we're here, so let's get excited to talk to today's guest. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Episode 68 of Intermittent Fasting Stories. Today, I'm here with two guests, which is always fun. I've got Matt and Lori Jones. They are from Tulare, California, where they are both high school teachers. Welcome, Matt and Lori. Hi, Jen. Hi, Jen. What's up? Well, I am so glad to be talking to you today. And a couple that does intermittent fasting together is always fun. So I would like to start, like I always do, by asking what brought you to intermittent fasting. And whoever actually was the first to get started, I want you to answer this first. So who got us to intermittent fasting out of the two of you? And when was that?
1: Well, that would be me. And I think for a long time, just knew that I ate too much and just always felt a little a little heavier than I should have been. But the thing is, I'm tall. I'm almost six foot six. And so it's real easy for me to put on some weight and have it not be too noticeable. Right. Well, you know, like you said, we're both teachers. And uh, I started recognizing how, how scheduled I was and how I would realize, God, I wasn't hungry until the bell rang. And as soon as the bell rang, I was famished. And I was so used to just eating on a, on a schedule because at break, I would have a snack. And when the lunch bell rang, I would have lunch. And then after school, I'd have a snack. And even if I wasn't hungry, I was eating. We got to summertime and I remember that first weekend uh, heading into summer. So uh, early part of June of this year, I'm on my phone and I see a a TED Talk for intermittent fasting. And I just clicked on it and watched about 12 minutes. And, you know, as summer is for teachers, it's like we have time to try things. Right. So I went to Lori and I says, hey, do you want to give it a shot? And she said, sure. So I remember on June 10th, the, the first Monday of summer, we decided let's try it. And, you know, it's been a little over five months, and it's been awesome. I Going into it, I was really, uh, I wasn't sure. I thought I was gonna be just starving all the time, and it took a while to sort of break out of that schedule, but it's been an incredible, incredible five and a half months, and I'm, I'm so glad, you know, we did it, and I'm so glad, you know, Lori decided to go along with me.
0: So Lori, when Matt came to you and said, hey, let's try intermittent fasting, what did you think?
2: Well. It's kind of a two-parter. I I knew I needed to do something because last semester I had gotten sick, you know, kind of like you do with all the kids. And I got sick. I pushed through. I didn't go to the doctor. I was too busy. It lasted like 21 days. And then I finally went, got antibiotics. And I remember being home and like sitting at the kitchen counter with Matt one day after school and I was crying. And I told him, I don't know what's wrong, but I don't feel like myself. I don't know if I'm burning out on teaching, which is my true joy, by the way. I absolutely love teaching. So I don't know if I was burning out. I'm 50 years old. I didn't know if I was entering perimenopause. And I was like, I just didn't feel like myself. And um, I knew I needed to do like a health reboot of some sort. And when he brought it up, I immediately was like, let's do it. I'm ready to try anything. But then it came to the clean fasting. (laughs) Which all I feel so stupid. I'm just one of those people. I said, I'll totally do everything except I'm not giving up heavy whipping cream in my coffee.
0: So when you started, you saw the TED Talk. What other research did y'all do to get ready
1: for the IF?
2: We didn't do any. We jumped in.
1: Right, Matt? We didn't go. Well, we did do a little looking online just to see how it worked and the different types of intermittent fasting. We kind of liked again, going back to a schedule, the something that was every day. I remember just looking at a few resources online. You know, some were suggesting a window in the morning and some were in the afternoon. We first settled on a 12 to six eating window. So it kind of like, all right, we can get lunch and, and dinner in there. And then we just adjusted since then. But it was really just kind of looking at a few online resources, seeing what the different options were, and then kind of picking one that fit our schedule. And then we've adjusted since then.
0: Yeah. So Laura, you mentioned that you did not want to do clean fasting. I'm just wondering where you, where you heard about it. Like where was the first place you heard about the idea?
2: I started listening to this podcast. Ah, okay. I started listening to beginning of summer that, and this is, you know, the clean fasting though, I don't think was on that Ted talk. So it must've been you. Was the person, I can't think of her
0: last name. Is it Thurlow, Cynthia Thurlow? Is that how you say her last name? It's Cynthia Thurlow. Yes, that's it. Okay. I actually just got a chance to appear with her on a radio show a few weeks ago. Yes. And we had never, you know, quote, met (laughs) before, even though we were meeting virtually. And even though she didn't mention The words clean fast, or she and I are so in line with our thinking. I was just so pleased because, you know, her TED talk has really gone viral and so many people have seen it. But I was like, you know, what if we talk? And she says, no, I think cream is fine. And I think that, (laughs) but no, she is (laughs) right in line with me (laughs) with all of her thoughts on the fast. And so that was really exciting to hear, even though she didn't mention it in the TED talk. Okay. So you found this podcast and that is what got you. in? I was just wondering where you heard about the idea of, of the clean fast.
2: Yeah. So it must've been, cause I didn't listen to your other one with Melanie for a while. It was only this one. And, and I tell you, I was, okay, Matt's a black coffee drinker. So he was pretty cool. Good. I was like by 11 AM, I was white knuckling it. I was like hovering around him. What are we going to eat? Let's go eat. And he would be like doing yard work and be like, what's up, Lori? You know, I was starving
0: But you were having the cream at that point.
2: I was having that big old dose of heavy whipping cream and probably like three cups of coffee. I'd never been able to go black on my coffee. I just started. I said, this is ridiculous. And, you know, somebody, it might have been one of your guests said, why would you want to start your beautiful day with a hot milkshake? I don't know where I heard hot milkshake. Well, I have used that term. (laughs)
0: it's in my coffee blog
2: post. (laughs) And I thought, Oh my God, I am a grown woman. Why am I drinking a hot milkshake in the morning? And it just hit me and I went black coffee and not that I won't have a latte in my window sometimes, but it's a treat now. It just made all the difference. You've got to clean fast. Got to, got to, got to, got to.
0: Well, it's true. And, you know, I actually get blowback from this. And, you know, critics, you know, sometimes say, if you just weren't so, you know, about the clean fast, I would like you more. But it's because Uh I think that it's so important. (laughs) (laughs) We got it. I don't look, I don't like to read reviews on on podcasts or books or anything. But we actually got a, a review that popped up that I couldn't help but see. And it said, I really like it was about our other, my other podcast. I really like Melanie, but Jen is so close-minded about
2: clean fast. And I was like,
0: "Aw, <laughs> come on now, try it." <laughs>
2: exactly, you got to try it. It's all the difference. Oh my god! I
0: mean, honestly, if it didn't make a difference, I'd be putting cream in my coffee too. But yeah, but it, absolutely. it does. It does make a difference. I mean, I would still be using stevia and cream, and I would be putting in cinnamon. I'd be doing all that. Meat, cinnamon, it, yep, yeah, cinnamon, yeah, cinnamon powder, yep. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, well, thank you. I always love hearing it reinforced, but when you went to the black coffee, it made a difference in how the fast was experienced.
2: Oh, 100%, 100%. And, you know, it's it took a while. It took a while to get used to it, but I found I think it's more the ritual of pouring a hot beverage in the morning and holding it in my hands than it is about the cream you know? I think so too. The hot beverage is the ritual. When I gave up stevia
0: back when, after I read the obesity code, so it was 2016, I was like, well, I'm just not going to have coffee at all. And, you know, I had given up all of my teas as well because I was drinking all those, you know, fruity teas. And it was before I had discovered that you could just drink hot water in a mug. Oh. <laughs> so I was like having nothing. And I really missed the hot, steaming cup of something. I reintroduced the coffee, held my nose and learned to like it black. And now I really like it. Yeah, I do too. It's incredible how you can change. Yep. So you started with the the fasting. This was in the summer. What kind of results did you experience?
1: You know, one of the things about starting in the summertime was as teachers were like, oh, this is the perfect time because, you know, if we have adverse effects, we don't have to get up and work the next day. We can just, you know, sleep it off or whatever. And what we didn't realize was summer was probably, as teachers, the most challenging time to start because...
0: Yeah, I was thinking that too.
1: (laughs) Because we just weren't as busy with work, but it draws attention to just how much eating we do out of boredom, right? Out of like something to do. And, you know, how many times in the summertime would I just walk over to the pantry and look for something to munch on, not because... I was hungry but because I didn't have anything to do at that moment. And so we really kind of started at the most challenging time possible, but I think the results were so quick that it was easy to stick with. You know, the the weight loss was the first thing that really kind of came through. There was some immediate weight loss, but also just to me, it was the how clear, how calm. I keep coming back to this, you know, idea of almost like zen-like calmness that I felt, and just a clarity of my mind that really pulled me into the idea of continuing with this. I just felt so so clear-headed all the time.
2: And how about you, Lori? Did you feel that way as well? Oh, um, I mean, after my little dirty fasting, where I was really white-knuckling it, I did about a, a week of the dirty fast with the creamer. Then I went black coffee, and I immediately felt like you know, the bloat in my stomach, I'm tall too, I'm five, nine. So I've always kind of hid my extra 30 pounds or whatnot, pretty easily. But immediately, my pants were buttoning, like, it felt like after day two. That's awesome. I mean, it was just incredible. And I had felt like, well, I'm menopausal. So I'm supposed to gain weight in the middle. Like, it's almost like I read every magazine article, don't worry, you're going to gain weight in the middle. I was like, God, I don't like this. I'm uncomfortable. So those first couple weeks, we automatically felt that, see, like a shrinking. It was just really, really amazing. And then the energy boost during the fast, which we thought would be the opposite. That's why we wanted to start in summer. We said when we, when our energy's gone because we're fasting, we'll be in summer, not with a room full of 36 teenagers. You know? Oh my lord, y'all have 36 in your class. Oh, it's crazy!
0: <laughs> we pack them in. Uh, what subjects do y'all teach? I'm just curious as a as a retired teacher.
2: I'm in the English department, so I teach a speech and debate class, a communications course. I bet that's that's challenging with 36. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of communication going on in there. I tell you, uh, that's what I was thinking.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's a fun one, though. How about you, Matt? What do you teach?
1: I teach a little bit of everything. I teach a a course called life management, which falls under the uh, home economics uh, department. And then I also teach, I'm the yearbook advisor and I do a little bit of PE, but I've also done English and and math in the past. So a little bit of everything.
0: Well, that's fun. Keeps it interesting doing a bunch of different things.
1: It is. I see. like every four or five years, I need to kind of switch things up and try something new.
0: Well, I, I certainly understand that because I, I did that for a while too. And my last few years were in the same position and I, I was the same way. I was like, yeah, I love it, but I'm, you need to do a little something different. <laughs> so then I retired. And, I did something
2: <laughs> completely, completely different. and you know, Jen, honestly, that's one of the reasons I liked your podcast so much is because you were a classroom teacher for so many years. You didn't go into admin, you stayed with the kids. And to me, like teachers that stay in the classroom for that long just get my complete respect. Like you're just a good, normal human being. And I was like, God, she, you know, you're not a weird health, Person, like I don't know how to (laughs) say it. Like you're just (laughs) no, I get it. So normal, and I was like, oh god, okay, this is our people here.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you for that. But I didn't. The kids were why I didn't. I actually thought about going into admin because you probably know this as teachers. If you've been in it a certain amount of time, and if you're good at it, then people start to assume you're going to go into admin, right?
2: Yes, yes, yes. So
0: when are you going to go into admin? So I actually, you know, thought about it, looked around went through some of the process. And then I was like, wait a minute. No, I don't want to do that. And I was like, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> teaching is where it's at because the kids are really what it's all about. They are. They really are. All right. So it was summer and y'all were finding that it was harder when there wasn't as much to do, but the weight loss was good. So tell us a little bit about, about the weight loss. Cause sometimes the weight loss can be hard at first. So Lori, I'll start with you. What, what kind of weight loss did you see?
2: Okay, well, I had a really good starting point because I had been sick that semester and then finally went to the doctor and had like a weigh in. So when I started, I was 161 and I kind of just tracked it in like a little calendar, little paper calendar in my bathroom, you know? So I was 161 on June 10th and then by June 30th, I was 154. Oh, that's pretty good. That's a good start. Yes. And I and and I had I had tried to lose weight. I had tried to do, you know, just proteins and veggies and just cut all the carbs and that sort of stuff. And I do okay for a while then gain it back. Do okay, gain it back. And I really had resigned myself to like, you know, I'm okay. I'm at the top of the BMI. I'm tall. I'm menopausal. I just I've got to, I'm a little chubby, you know, I just gotta be a little chubby now. And it's not the case. That shook this up, this intermittent fasting, like nothing before. You know, I think it's so
0: important. You know, for us as as women, especially with the whole, you know, oh well, that's just just what happens. You're going to, you know, gain weight, especially around the middle. That we don't have to accept that as our fate.
2: Yes, yes.
0: Because I had, boy, I had. Of course, I you know I was a beast for a while in there, but it was around my middle. I was like the apple shape for the first time in my life. And it was it didn't feel good. But again, just like you, I was like, well, I'm in my 40s. This was, you know, back at that time. That's just what happens. But it doesn't have to be.
2: Yep. No, not at all. In fact, I I really want to I feel like by doing this podcast, we're really kind of kind of coming out of our little IF shells because we hadn't really shared with anybody. Because I was kind of worried about what people would think. And I don't know. Uh, just a little self-conscious about it, I guess. But it's been so good. Well, the good news is it's out there now.
0: Intermittent fasting is so mainstream. You know, they're doing it on the Today Show. They're
1: <laughs> it's
0: everywhere you turn. So, Matt, you've got to tell Jen about USC. <laughs> oh, yeah. I want to hear it.
1: <laughs> so, you know, like Lori said, we, are, uh, you, we were reluctant to uh, kind of open up about it. And we're the parents of two teenagers. We have a 16-year-old son and a 13-year-old daughter. And so it wasn't like we were just like retired or you no know, kids, and we can kind of just. We still have to, you know, feed two growing teenagers.
0: Right, and they like to eat a oh lot. Oh my god!
1: <laughs> and they need to, and they're both, uh, you know, athletes, and they're really active, and so we had to be very conscious about that, and and we w- were always pretty good as a family about sitting down to our our meals, and in, in the summertime, sitting down to three meals a day together. So now, all of a sudden, we found ourselves having to come up with excuses why mom and dad weren't eating, you know, while, they, while the kids are eating. And we kind of fumbled our way through that. And, and then we finally, you know, kind of told them what we were doing, what mom and dad were doing. They're teenagers. They didn't care anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and then we, you know, then we had to tell our, you know, our, our family and our parents and, you know, what are their reactions going to be? So my mom... She's uh, 69 years old and she has recently uh, gone through a bout of multiple myeloma, which is a form of bone cancer. Oh gosh. And so uh, we're about two, two and a half hours north of Los Angeles. And so she was getting treatment through USC Medical. And so when she would have these appointments on a monthly basis, either me or my brother would have to drive her down to USC. And one of these trips, we go down there and you know she would see the same nurse and the same doctor each time. So my mom and I are in the waiting room and in walks the nurse and she looks healthier. She looks thinner. She looks just, she was glowing. And, and my mom goes, God, you look great. What's going on? And the nurse goes, oh, i I've, I've started intermittent fasting.
0: Oh, I love it. I knew that's where you were going with it, but I was still excited. To hear <laughs> yeah,
1: and I, had, I had just told my mom about it. Right. So, so mom knew that I was going through it and then she goes, oh, and so was the doctor. And uh, she says, what? And so oh, then, well, even and then in walks the doctor a few minutes later and she was transformed. She had lost a bunch of weight and she looked great and she felt great. And then she also opened up. She goes, oh yeah, you know, I just, I'm doing intermittent fasting. It was like this great validating moment because I just kind of like apprehensively opened up to my mom that I was doing it. And then we drive down to USC in two and a half hours and we're kind of talking about it. And then we go and then the medical professionals there were also doing it. And it was kind of like this great moment of validation.
0: It really is. And every time, you know, someone tells us that their doctors were doing it or the, they've seen doctors who are doing it, or a doctor is like, hey, I'm doing it. And, you know, they reach out to me with that. It really is validating because as medical professionals read about it and learn about it, they're sold when they take the time to do the research.
1: Absolutely. A long time ago, I mean, this is years ago. I remember seeing a segment somewhere and it was talking about experiments with like calorie reduction diets, like really severe. And they were doing all these research with rats and mice and whatever. And then, you know, adults were doing it. They were showing these people that were eating, I don't know, 500 calories a day, 800 calories. I mean, something.
0: They were counting out like their walnuts yes. and stuff. Is that, that's yeah, those, those are the calorie restriction people. Yeah.
1: But I what stuck with me was, how the results of the, you know, longevity and illnesses clearing up and all these things. And it was like, God, that sounds so great. And they are talking about the double-edged sword of just eating, how it's necessary that we eat, but then eating itself, you know, has a certain amount of damage on the body when you're having to digest all the time and, you know, all these things. And so that was always sort of in my head that like, wow, you know, we do eat too much and eating less would just be better for us. And there's research out there that shows, you know, consuming fewer calories is a good thing. I just never knew how to do it in a way that I could stick with it and and, in a way that worked for us and our lifestyle and our family. And it wasn't until intermittent fasting that I finally go, oh my God, this is a way to do it. This is a way to consume fewer calories in a way that I could stick with it. It's not, it's not asking me to take away because I love I love a good bowl of pasta every now and then. I love, you know, a good piece of bread. I I love a good craft beer. But it seemed like all the diets out there asked me to take those things out of my diet. Completely, right? Yeah. Completely, completely. Or like you said, sit down and, you know, count out three walnuts and, and have just olive oil on my salad. Just things that I couldn't do. So this was a way to just, you know, we've been doing it for five and a half months and I haven't had a single day where, there was a problem. There wasn't a single day that I've cheated that I've had a, uh, you know, just gone off the wagon or what, you know, however you want to call it. It's really been something I, I can't put words to it. It's it's been fantastic.
0: Because you know you want to you feel so good you don't want to stop doing it.
1: Yeah, totally. Totally.
0: And I love that you brought up the the science of calorie restriction and longevity. And in case listeners are confused, if they've never heard of this concept before, this is not the same thing as like doing a low-calorie diet where you're like dieting to lose weight and you're eating a low-calorie. I mean, it's got the same words, but this is purposeful eating less food as a choice for longevity, like you were saying. So if anybody's interested in reading more about it, Search for a calorie restriction longevity. And there are a lot of studies on animals. The human effects are more theoretical just because, you know, we haven't had lifetimes, you know, <laughs> like rats and mice have really short lifespans. So they can adjust how they're eating and then see the effects very, very easily over a period of years. But for humans, it's more difficult. But it is fascinating. And in a lot of the blue zones where people live to be older than other other parts of the world, they eat less food. So I, I really think that we're onto something here, but only, you know, of course, time will tell and the, the research will come of it. But as soon as I heard about that research, it felt very right to me. Instead of worrying that I'm not eating enough, it's a good thing, you know, based on on what we know.
1: Yeah. And, and like I said, it, it always, the science always stuck with me and it always just sounded right. It always just felt like, and I could feel it in myself and I could see it You know, as a teacher, I can see it in my students, right? The one thing about being a a teacher is, so, you know, I've been doing this for 20 years teaching. And I remember as a new teacher, one of the first things that really hit me was how exposed I was to so many people. It's like I got to peer into a bunch of windows, into homes and, you know, through children, you get to learn about people and families and all the different things that we as families and societies do you know, I've just always understood we eat too much, you know, it just, we see it all around us. There's documentaries on it. There's all kinds of research and being able to find a way to kind of rein that in. I've tried a bunch of diets, but it don't ever seem to be able to stick with anything. And intermittent fasting was the first one where, you know, and I love, I love the delay don't deny just little slogan. It's perfect. It's perfect. It's, it's in the denial that we fall apart. Oh, it's true. And this was not about don't deny, just hold off a little bit, you know, and that's something that we could all do.
0: Because see, I think the where those diets fall down in the execution is that we think that it's what where the magic lies, the magic lies and what we're eating. And if we could just find that perfect, what, then it'll all be easy. But you know, just like, you, you know, my history, you know, I tried all the what's there were. Yeah. <laughs> and none of them were right. It was just too much. It was, if you tell me I can eat all the X, Y, Z that I want, I'm going to eat a lot of X, Y, Z, whatever that is. And it's just, it's the eating too much. That's the problem. And it's not the what it's the when it's the volume.
1: Yeah. Just this morning I, I was on the TV and it was like a political show, but they first, whatever reason they had some guy who just put a cookbook out and he was going through this and it was about diet and health. This, his cookbook, and he was talking about Thanksgiving and the things you needed to do at Thanksgiving to make it more healthy. And he was talking about millet stuffing. <laughs> and, and, the, and, the, and, and the the host, what's millet? And he's like, well, it's like birdseed. And and even the host is like, come on, you want me to put birdseed in my turkey? Like, it's not going to happen. You know, it's just not. Yeah,
0: but it's also funny, you know, we're laughing, but it's funny to think that this millet stuffing is the the mystery that we've all missed out on. If only you had been having yes, millet
1: that's stuffing
0: it. all these years, you would have not <laughs> had these problems. <laughs> oh bless. Oh no, thank them. you. Yeah. yeah. No. And I think, you know, the key to this also is how you're feeling. You know, like Lori, you said that when you started off and you were not fast and clean at first, it didn't feel right, did it? No, it did You know, you were white knuckling. It didn't feel easy. It felt hard. You were, when am I going to eat? Yes. But once you started with the clean fast, it suddenly became easy and y'all felt so great. So feeling great is the biggest sign that what you're doing is right for your body.
2: And I do think you become so much more in touch with what you want what your body needs it's almost like I know like when we were pregnant Jen like there was times I, I wanted oranges I'm, I'm not an orange eater but I would want like a few oranges and I knew my body was craving that sea or you know something in it. it was so powerful well I haven't had that kind of intuition since my pregnancies now I'm if I'm breaking my fast there's days like I want some salmon Some days I want some guacamole and chips. Some day, yesterday I broke my fast with a glass of red wine and it tasted delicious, you know. (laughs) Yum. That's perfect. Yeah. So, but I, I really feel like my body is talking to me. And then that, that intuition and clarity has, has kind of bled over into other parts of our life. You know, we're, we're cleaning out the garage. We've been cleaning out the kids' clothes. We've been going through files. We, we want to kind of just purge everything. Just live clean. And what do we need? Not have all this stuff around.
0: You realize that all that's extraneous and it's unnecessary. Yes, 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 yes. I'm no longer shopping like I used to. Like I don't go to the mall and wander around and buy things I don't need, stash them away.
2: Totally. Like the Black Friday, you know, it's just funny that, you know, we're recording this day after Thanksgiving, right? We're recording it. Yeah, it's, it's way, we're way early with this. And when people hear it, they'll be like, <laughs> Black Friday.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but yes. Yeah, I, I have no desire to get out into that. And I keep getting all the emails of Black Friday deals and like, I don't need any of that stuff. Although I do have to do some Christmas shopping, but
2: (laughs) I know, I know we got to shop. I don't want to, you know, bag on it too much, but it's a little gross. Like I kind of think I look at things like, wow, that's a little gross. Like we're running through stores and like, ew, you know, and I, I don't know if it's like, I understand why fasting is a part of religions to kind of gain that connection, deeper connection to your faith or a higher power. I understand that now when I never did before.
0: That's a very good point. You know, I never thought of that, but you're right because it allows us to get in touch with sides of ourselves that we didn't even know we needed to get in touch with. Yes, it's really kind of heavy. I don't, yeah, we hear it a lot. So it's obviously not just something that's random, it's something that does happen to a lot of people. They scale back in so many ways. It's almost like we're drugged into a stupor of like consumption. We're consuming the food, we're consuming the society, everything. And then we can just kind of break free of that. And we're more clear in what we need. And it's a lot less than we thought.
2: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely.
1: That clarity, I think, has helped me as a teacher. I feel like I'm a better teacher this year because, you know, once we got out of the summertime and we moved into the school year, our window adjusted later because we're uh, our schedule. We go, we teach from 830 to 330. So I don't eat in that time at all. You know, I'll eat when I come home about 3.45 is when I'll open my window. But while I'm at school, God, and I I see it in my other, my colleagues are having these huge lunches or whatever. And I am just so clear and so present all day long. I'm so much more productive. I think of solutions to problems so much faster and and the, the solutions are better. I'm not foggy. I'm not tired in those after lunch classes. It's just that clarity of thought is really I think, you know, even after 20 years, we could still improve. And I feel like I'm improving as a teacher just through my my mental acuity is is just heightened this year.
0: And you also get time back during the day. You know, that that lunch do y'all have like a 30 minute lunch. Is that what y'all have?
1: We have 45 minutes.
0: Okay. Wow. We had 30. So 45 minutes that you have set aside for lunch is now productive time that you can spend working.
1: Oh totally productive. Yes. Yes.
0: Yes. And then you don't have to take it home with you.
1: <laughs> I was just, I just had this conversation with my, with, I forget who I was talking to. I think, uh, anyway, but I said that same thing. I was like, God, you know what? I'm able to, we start at 8.30. I'm usually there 7.30, But from 7.30, until 3.30. So we have a prep period in there and I have lunch and I have a little bit of time before school. I'm able to get everything done because I'm not stopping and, eating a big meal. I'm not tired and sluggish because I ate the big meal. I am just super productive from the moment I get there until the moment I leave and I'm able to leave everything at work. I don't need to take anything home. And my productivity levels are so much higher. My, my just alertness is there. My energy is there. It has really improved my year of teaching because of it.
0: I love hearing that. But yeah, it was very striking to me before I was a intermittent faster and teaching. Like I spent all my breaks, like you said, having a snack or looking for that coffee or, you know. Yep. So Lori, you've noticed the same thing? Yes,
2: absolutely. Because I I advise a few clubs on campus. And so I'm always have a club meetings, always kind of like trying to jam a string cheese or a yogurt or a, you know, I got kids in the room (laughs) and then the class starts right after lunch. And it kind of stressed me out. Oh, I got to eat, you know, but then I'm, we got to do all this stuff. And Not, I've never been really a huge breakfast eater right at the start of the day. That was very easy to give up. That was almost like a, oh, I've been trying to smash breakfast into my morning and I don't need to. Now we do make sure that we're out at the breakfast table with our kids. We have a 13-year-old daughter, and I talked her through this, that, you know, this fasting is for, you know, it's perfect for middle-aged women. You know, it's very, it's a different kind of eating than what you need to do. Because I I don't want her at all to feel, you know, get any hang-ups about eating, because we, our family, likes to eat, you know? Yes. But we notice as long as we're just out there drinking our coffee, we still have our breakfast together. We're just not eating.
0: That, you know, it's true. And I love the way you're handling it with your kids in just a matter of fact way and saying, hey, we have different needs because you're still growing and I am not. And the kids get that right away, don't they? They totally
2: understand it. They do. And like Matt said, they don't really care because they're very self absorbed. They're like, whatever.
0: That's true. Don't you love them?
2: Oh, God,
0: love them. I don't know. My 20-year-old is still pretty self-absorbed. I don't know when that's going to end.
2: Oh, don't tell us that, Jen. No. (laughs) One day. Maybe one day. I I know. know. They say we get the children we need. What is this? You don't get the kids you want. You get the ones you need. Like, okay. Well,
0: I don't know what I need here, but I'm learning a lot. <laughs> he he totaled his car the other day. Oh god, that's not fun. Yeah. So I don't know why why did I need that? I'm not really sure. He's okay. He's absolutely okay. okay. Thank I don't want to throw that out there. Oh, he wasn't injured, but But still. Boys. I know. Boys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's like, well, you know, I'm just fine. It's okay. I'm like, it's not. He's like, I'm a great driver. I'm like, I would actually beg to differ. <laughs> <but okay." laughs> exactly. Y'all deal with teenagers. Y'all completely know. You could tell me some things about teenagers, I'm sure. Totally. <laughs> they're not as grown up as we think they
2: are, though, are they? No, they're still little kids, but they're like in these big bodies and they have driver's licenses. It's terrible. It's like very scary. It really is terrifying. Like I,
0: You know, being in the elementary school my whole life, I thought middle school kids were grown up and high school kids were adults yeah. until I had them of my own. And I'm like, these are just big babies. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Oh,
2: boy. They really
0: are. Yes. So anyway, I, I. I just look back and think of us fumbling through life at that same age and <laughs> how we must have been that to our parents. Yeah, totally. Sorry. Sorry, parents.
2: Right of passage. <laughs> exactly. <laughs>
0: But I love that y'all still sit down as a family and you have your coffee and and you spend the time together because that's really what it's all about. It's not about what you're eating and you don't have to pack food in your purse for later.
2: Nope. It's wonderful. Wonderful, wonderful. Yeah. And if I want, you know, I can always be like, oh, London, let's, you know, that's my daughter's name. Let's go to Starbucks later today and get a, you know, get a scone, get a, get a latte. Like we still have those fun little mother daughter moments you know, get a cupcake or whatever and it's so it's not like I'm boring and weird now. I can eat what I want and we do eat what we want. We don't restrict in any kind of ways. No keto, no paleo, no vegan, no. We just kind of eat normal. I don't know.
0: Yeah. But, but you're modeling a healthy relationship with food and you know, some parents like like I said, they're worried about what their kids are going to think with the fasting because you know, we've we've grown up associating, you know, we think of eating disorders and then you know starving yourself as that's like a bad thing but this is really the opposite and you're showing that to your kids by living it you're relaxed you're not stressed about food they see you eating with gusto and with enjoyment yeah absolutely and you're also showing that you don't have to be eating constantly yeah which is good for them to see
2: and that powerful delay, you know, like you said, just the delayed gratification is very a very mature way to live your life, right? You don't charge what you don't have. For everything. You don't, exactly. You just wait. you just patient. It's just very mature and very healthy, I think. Instead of I need everything now, 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 that usually leads to sorrow, you know, on many fronts. So I think there's a lot of lessons and
0: and it does, like you said, it applies to spending. It applies to so many things because you you delay, and I actually do that more now. Like you said, I delay. Do I really need that? And then I think about it. Yes, me too, totally. But I also find, and tell me if this is true for you. When I do buy something, I'm getting much higher quality things.
2: Yes, we agree. <laughs> yes,
1: Very you know, I, I was just thinking about this this morning, and that exact same thought, and how how we adjusted our eating and how we were wanting, you know, once we kind of really were fully into the intermittent fasting, we found ourselves wanting greater quality food. You know, the meals that I we were now eating, we wanted them to be better. We wanted them to be higher quality. And then that starts to bleed into other parts of your life. And I think society in general, we're starting to see a, like a return of of the artisan return of craft, right? We're seeing it in in all types. Yes. We're seeing it in clothing. We're seeing it in in food, in beer, like all over the place. And I think the IF you know, idea kind of fits in with that, right? It's not about we're moving from quantity to quality. I think just as a society and the whole IF lifestyle fits right into that. It's not about the quantity of the food. Cause when I would, you know, when I wasn't doing IF I was just eating whatever, it didn't matter. And if I were to write down everything I wrote in the day, it would be, God, what a junky list of food I put into my body today. But it was just because I would just eat whatever. It was about quantity. It was about eating at this time, this time, this time, this time, this time. But now that I'm eating during just this window, man, I want it to be really good artisan, craft, you know, infused, good stuff. And now I want that in my clothes. I want that in my experiences. I I want it all over the place.
0: Yep. And we just we reject, you know, the the mentality of quantity and and want the quality in all things. And our lives are so much different. And I figure I'm saving myself so much money on so much money, right? <laughs> not eating all those snacks that it's I'm worth it, darn it. <laughs> exactly. It is fascinating though how that how that does bleed over. You know, like I no longer go to the you know the dollar stores anymore, where you're going to buy all these little knickknacks. No. And exactly. When we moved, I did a lot of purging. Of things. Feels so good. How about your health? Have you noticed any health changes at all? Or were you just pretty much in good health anyway? Just needed
2: to lose a little weight. I've noticed a lot, yeah. Tell us about it. Well, some funny ones. Like we started the summer, so it's very hot in Tulare, where we live in the Central Valley. And I had had like a rash under my arms and kind of around my chest. And I thought, wow, it must just be a heat rash kind of thing. Totally gone. Like gone, I would say within two weeks. Wow. And I was putting cream and it was itchy, just gone. I was wearing little foot like Dr. Scholl's kind of like orthotic kind of stuff in my shoes because my feet were hurting. Now, I thought maybe we had gone to England and done all this walking and I thought I had overdone it or something. But my I said, God, I'm just getting older. I need like inserts. Totally don't need them anymore. Totally gone. It's bizarre. And then one of the most bizarre ones is I went to my dental hygienist to get my cleaning. So I had not seen her in, you know, six months. And I had started the IF, intermittent fasting during that time. And she tells me she's in the middle of the cleaning. She like, God, Lori, what are you doing different? I'm not getting any blood. Your gums aren't inflamed. And I now next time I go, I'm going to tell her because I didn't. I said, I don't know. I'm doing the same stuff, you know.
0: Oh, yeah. You got to tell her. I got to <laughs> tell her now because
2: I just still was a little bit weird about I don't know. I just felt. Yeah. Wasn't ready. I don't take ibuprofen. I used to take ibuprofen. I had like a little bottle in my purse, a little bottle in my teacher desk, a little bottle in my nightstand. I'd always be popping ibuprofen because I had headaches or hardly at all anymore.
0: You know, it's funny that you mentioned that. I used to travel with ibuprofen in my purse as well. I had a little bottle that traveled with me and now I don't. I can't even think of the last time I've needed to take it. It's crazy. Yeah, it is. I had it all the time
2: with me just in case, in case I needed it. (laughs) Yeah. And just the overall energy, I would say the energy I have, I feel like I'm in my 20s again, zipping around, tackling maybe some tasks at work that maybe I put off. I'm not a procrastinator, but there'd be some I'd put to the end. Now I'm doing them at the beginning. Like, come on, let's get this done, Lori. Like I just have a, like an energy. I've always been an energetic person, but it had lapsed. And I think that's why I was crying at the kitchen counter last semester. Like what's wrong with me? I don't like this person, you know? I'm not excited about work anymore. And I was sad about that. And I tell you, I know there's no silver bullets, but intermittent fasting is pretty close to one. Yeah. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences.
0: I think so, too. And it's so much more than just about our weight. It's about how we feel. It's about examining, you know, so many things in our lives. But, you know, we also don't have to feel like we're getting older and are destined to feel bad. I mean, yeah, there are going to be things. Like when I moved, my knee hurt a little bit because, yes, my joints are not as young as Mm -hmm. they used to be. But I still was able to do things that, I mean, I certainly wouldn't have been able to do if I were still 80 pounds heavier. Gosh, I can't even imagine making the move. Weighing 80 pounds Oh my more. God. No, yeah. not at yeah. all. Ugh. Or how I even got through the day. So Matt, how about you? How Any health changes for
1: you? A little bit. I mean, the, the weight, you know, was the the big. And here's the funny thing is, Lori and I both noticed that when we would, we're like, you know, waiting for the comments, right? Because to us, it was obvious. <laughs> you know, it was obvious that we were, you know, the, but we were getting comments like, "Wow, did you just cut your hair? And were you just at the beach? You got to really, so they were like, I don't know, kind of like noticing that we were looking different, but it wasn't so obvious that it was a a weight thing. I would say the one thing I've noticed the most is in the mornings, I would normally have to, I was just really, so this is going to sound kind of gross, like phlegmy. Like I was just, I would always have to blow my nose, you know, really kind of blow my nose a lot. It was a whole process in the morning. Now I wake up and I'm just really clear. Like I, I, I'm not doing that anymore. And then just feeling it in just overall, I think I've tightened my belt like four notches i feel like every other week i'm having to just go another notch on the belt just had to go out and buy some new pants the other day because everything else was looking kind of baggy and saggy on me and yeah just generally like laurie said the energy and the clarity and just all of it just feeling really really healthy well that's
0: a great problem to <laughs>
1: have.
0: <laughs> exactly. darn it you gotta get some new pants get,
2: get a new belt <laughs>
0: exactly <laughs> So now y'all mentioned that you hadn't really been telling a lot of people in your daily life. And of course, this podcast is going to come out. How much sharing are you going to do after this? I know, Laura, you're going to, you're going to tell your dental hygienist next <laughs> time. Am. By the way, we do hear that a lot about the teeth. But <laughs> how much sharing
2: are you going to do going forward? I think I'm just going to not not share if that makes It does. You're not going to keep it to yourself. You're yes. going to wait for it to... I was at a, you know, PD professional development the other day and and lunch came, it was a big Mexican lunch at 12. And I told everybody I was going to eat it too. Like, and then they're like, why? And I said, well, because I'm opening my window at two today. And I just wrote down intermittent fasting on a post-it and I gave it to my, I just, you know, because the PD was starting again. I just said, just look it up. And I wrote your name, Jen. Yeah. Oh yeah. Thank you. (laughs) I, you know, they look all kind of quizzical, but I think that's, you know, I don't know, am I going to share the podcast on my Facebook page? I, you know, that kind of thing. I don't know. Cause you know, Matt, and,
0: you'll have to listen first and yes.
2: just make sure. <laughs> Cause Matt was hesitant when I had signed, you know, I had sent you the email and he was like, Lori, you know what? And I knew he'd be great and enjoy it, but it's not something he would normally do. So I don't know how much he wants me to advertise it. <laughs>
0: I get it. Well, you, uh, again, like I said, you'll want to listen first just to make sure everybody's always worried. Like, what did I say? What did I say? But y'all have been great. So So, Matt, are you going to share it
1: with people? Oh yeah. You know, I'm the quiet one in the couple. I'm pretty analog in my existence. I'm not on social media. You know, I listen to vinyl records. I I read books in the original format. I, I, (sighs) No offense, Jim, but I don't really listen to podcasts. Well, I don't Um, either.
2: So that's okay. (laughs) Yeah, neither does she.
1: (laughs) I'm not one that broadcasts a lot of of my life. I'm, you know, generally kind of a private person, but I don't have any problems talking about it because I really believe in it. And I believe I, you know, I know how I feel, right. And all you can do is share your experience and everybody's going to have their own experience. You know, like we were just talking to Lori's sisters in town this week, visiting from Seattle. And so we were talking to her about it and she's, you know, done Weight Watchers for years and all this kind of stuff. And and so she was expressing her skepticism and just her feelings of, you know, how she would react to it or handle it. And I remember I was telling her, I I felt exactly that same way. I had those exact same thoughts of, I don't know if I can do this and I don't, you know. And But, you know, in the end, everyone just has to experience it for themselves. So I have no problem sharing my experience You know, I know what it's done for me and I know how I feel as as a result of it. And then, you know, it's like your students, right? It's like the best motivation is the motivation that comes from within, you know, that internal. Oh, I love that. You know, and when you find your own way to something, it tends to stick. And we found our own way there. And I'm open to sharing and, you know, but people got to find their own way.
0: What I love the most about your story is that you both found it at the same time. You brought it to Lori and then you both jumped right in and you supported each other from day one. I think that's the best part.
1: We are so lucky that we share the same profession. And not only do we work in the same field, we work at the same school. I know a lot of couples just, they could not imagine, you know, not only working in the same field, but working in the same office. But, you know, it's, we're just lucky that way. And and we've been able to share and talk about our lives as teachers and bounce ideas off each other and, and talk theory and talk specific students. So this was just an extension of that and our relationship. You know, it was, we were able to go through this experience together. It's pretty powerful when you can share something with somebody and kind of talk your way through it.
0: I love it. Well, we are almost out of time. So I like to end by asking, you know, if you were talking to someone new, what would you tell them, you know, when they're just starting off with intermittent fasting or what do you wish you knew when you first started? And Lori, I'm going to let you go first.
2: Okay, well, you know, for sure, the clean fast, I mean, if you like black coffee, black tea, green tea, water, you're ahead of the game. But um, the clean fast is of vital importance to enjoy the fast and not be starving and feel that shakiness. I also would say, start with a longer window. We do about a six hour window, sometimes a five hour window. But I would tell people that are just starting, like go with an eight hour window And maybe do lunch and dinner, have two meals so you feel a normalcy to it because you will start to want to shrink it. You will start to not be as hungry and it just naturally your body settles into what you need. Now I open mine with a snack and then I have a dinner and then I usually have a dessert even after, but it's all in my six hour window. And you don't have to force it. Nope, I would not go crazy and go a little tiny window and put all these food restrictions and we eat whatever we want.
0: I love that. Matt, how about you?
1: I would promote what Lori said. You know, maybe, you know, I don't know why we just settled on, I think we just saw it online, the a six hour window, and that's what we, you know, started with. So, yeah, maybe start with a, a larger window, but also just, you know, I would really promote the fact that you're going to get back in touch, I think, with yourself. You're going to, your body's going to become part of you again, if that's, that's weird to say that. But I just found that I got back in touch with my own hunger. I got back in touch with my own, you know, feelings about food. And, and it just, I don't know, I keep coming back to this idea of just clarity and, and Zen-like feeling. And I'm not being really clear right now for someone who's talking about clarity, but... (laughs)
0: I get what you mean. I totally get what you mean, the the whole getting back in touch with your body. Because, again, I think we lost touch because we literally could not hear what our bodies were telling us. Because it's almost like, you know, if you've been in a rock concert where it's really, really loud and, you know, you can't hear the people around you at all. And then you go outside where it's quiet and then you can hear every little noise. Yes. Mm -hmm. And it's like before fasting, we were at the rock concert all the time. And, you know, your body might have been whispering something to you and you couldn't hear it. But when you quiet that noise, suddenly the communication is there and you're like, oh, now I hear it.
1: Yes. I love analogies. That was perfect.
0: Nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> well, good. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. You know, teachers were good at analogies. right? <laughs> well, y'all, it has been fabulous to have you on today and I've really enjoyed speaking to you and I can't wait to hear how your journey continues.
1: Well, thank you, Jen.
2: Thank you, Jen. Keep up the work. Keep changing lives. You're making, you're doing good work. Thank you so much.
0: Do you have an intermittent fasting story to tell? Email me at jen at intermittentfastingstories.com and I'll add you to the lineup. That's G-I-N at intermittentfastingstories.com. The world wants to hear your story. intermittent fasting stories is edited mixed and mastered by resonate recordings to learn more visit them at resonaterecordings.com or email them at hello at resonate recordings.com intermittent fasting stories listeners will receive a free offer if you mention that you heard it on the podcast